Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of the Melbourne Flow podcast. I was in two minds on whether or not to keep doing the unsuspecting phone calls to my friends for the intro or to do an intro by myself. And uh, I asked my friends for their opinion and this is the feedback they gave me. Why don't you um, do just an intro yourself of a quick rundown of um, the actual podcast? And just be like, hey guys, uh, George from the Melbourne Flow here. Today uh, on the show, we've got Avanash, the creator, co-founder of the Siki app, um, long-time friend from school, um, pharmacist and entrepreneur. Uh, get into it straight by introducing himself and uh, talking about his uh, journey of creating the app. Like, you can just do that yourself, recording yourself on Zoom, bro. If, um, you know, I don't know, it's up to you. I notice a lot of people on podcasts do that too. So you just love it when your work gets done for you. There you go. Episode 15 of the Melbourne Flow podcast with Avinash, the co-founder and co-creator of the Siki app, which is an app that lets you get a sick certificate without the need to leave the comfort of your own home or bed, wherever you are when you're feeling fluey. So you pretty much log on, click a button, get a consultation with a medical professional, and then you get a brand spanking new SIG certificate delivered directly to your inbox. How good is that? You don't need to surround yourself with other fluy people or wait in line at a clinic, which is painful, as we all know, especially now with what's going on uh, around the world. So a very relevant app. Anyways, episode 15. Enjoy. The only issue might be, might be, um, we'll see how we go, is, I don't know if you can see Sasha, who's just passed out. Uh, um, oh, might... how's she going? <laughs> yeah, she's good. She's good. So um, she had to get a couple of lumps uh, removed. Um, so oh, um, this week, yeah, yeah. And they, they did turn out to be sinister, so carcinomas. So it was, um, it was a good decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I mean, she's 13, so she's quite old and, um, yeah. I mean, to say she's, you know, not, <laughs> not special or not important. Um, but yeah, I think when the, um, the, the, the vet was like trying to, uh, provide, uh, you know, the news in a, a practical manner, if I can say that. So, um, yeah. look, it's, you know, um, yeah, yeah. But look, very happy because I was, I was in two minds, you know, she's a, an older dog. She's actually got type two diabetes. Yeah. Sorry, she's, there's no such thing. She's got, di- she's got diabetes. There's not type two. <laughs> um, so she's, um, yeah. And she's had operations and try to, you know, it's quite a, it's quite to be able to endure that at that age for, for an older dog is, is, is quite a lot. Um, yeah. So I was very hesitant um, and in two minds. Eventually, I decided, look, you know, instinctively, look, you know, if it's if they felt that they could operate, then they they're obviously confident about that. And yeah, yeah. this week I've just been working from home full full time and just yeah. uh, monitoring her. And it's just rest and recover, and her wounds, you know, more or less healed now. But yeah. anyways, I digress. Coming back. What I was going to say was she tends to, she can get up and just want to wander out. So that's the only thing that might happen, but I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, that's fine. Mate. Like, drink or something. She, she yeah, looks, yeah. she looks completely chilled out uh, on, on the bed there. Uh, she, she's, like a she's, toy. Very, she's very, yeah, she's, she's a nice fluffy. So she's a gold, uh, golden cocker spaniel. So she's a yeah. fluffy dog. Um, oh. But yeah, no, she's, 
very very sweet temperament cocker spaniels but um she's, yeah. and she's very affectionate but she's also she gets separation anxiety um yeah. so you know tr- um yeah i think she's uh, enjoyed having me at home this week because i work between the office and home yeah um but yeah so anyways what do you do you know it's they become part of the family so you've got to really um you know look after them which we yeah do. of so, course yeah Mate, they they say um, with with dogs that uh, like we, when a dog passes away, that you feel the same grief threshold as you do when an actual family member passes away. So, I completely completely empathise. When you told me she wasn't well last week, completely understood. And and it's good that you got the operation. If the so what was it two two sinister lumps two that they removed for where, 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 yeah, where were the lumps? So, yeah. Yeah, so two, uh, technically speaking, tubular carcinomas, and they were in a mammary, um, mammary region, so mammary yeah. glands. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, they can, you know, cancer is not, um, it's nothing to, to, to sneeze at. It can be quite serious. And yeah. um, similar to hu- humans, it's about, um, you know, treating it in the appropriate manner um, yeah. as it presents. So in, in this particular case, the um the the vets were confident that they could go in and you know the surgical removal was the preferred option yeah um which is what they they decided to do and you know took took it out got good margins um there was very little infiltration and no um obvious metastases or spread yeah um so yeah she's just um recovering now and she i actually read the clinical notes um that they provided so i get all that information as part of you know making an insurance claim because she is insured um and she got quite the cocktail you know she was um she got some benzodiazepines she got some midazolam she had a a, that mixed with some methadone so she was she was really uh having a bit of a party uh before she was put under (laughs) but um no she's good and you'd understand all those all those things given your your i guess profession right because you're a pharmacist by trade yeah correct correct so uh qualified qualified pharmacist um i um have worked you know um across different facets of the health system so including practicing in retail and in um in the hospital setting as well as within the pharmaceutical industry and in the public sector so definitely i think you know pharmacists are the medication experts but you're also um, required to understand uh, the clinical aspects and um, how how medicine is used as part of the broader um, treatment regimen. So yeah, definitely, you know, it, was, um, it makes it easier to have yeah. these conversations. Um, yeah. But you know, um, which 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 is quite helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, so how how long have you been doing pharmacy for, and and how did you get into doing the app? Because well, actually, what's the the app? The apps, an app that essentially gives you six certificate without needing to go to a doctor or a pharmacist, right? Yeah, correct. So, um, Siki um, is a telehealth app. So yeah. perhaps I might um, just uh, briefly explain what that is before I get into the actual. Uh, and I, l- I love the name the Siki. Well. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so we wanted to, to try and um, pick something that would be quite catchy and memorable and, and, and uh, which is uh, relatable as well. Um, <laughs> so te tele telehealth um, is uh, basically the use of telecommunication uh, techniques um, to provide telemedicine, health education and medical education mm. over a long distance. Um, and it uh, leverages technology, which we're all familiar with, including, um, you know, things like computers, phones, the internet, to be able to, to deliver um, all parts of a healthcare service, which may include, you know, treatment, uh, prevention, diagnostics, as well as curative aspects. Mm. Um, a big part of telehealth is the, the utility of uh, video conferencing, um, as well as having a, a, and video discussion um, technology, such as what we're, we're doing right now. Um, and that really enables individuals who, uh, especially in Australia, which is quite large and vast country, yeah. um, people that may be living in regional and remote areas um, who aren't able to always access or get in to see a doctor, um, yeah. as well as in the current environment where, um, you know, people are actually quite apprehensive or nervous about wanting to travel and venture out to, to, to see a healthcare professional. Mm. So um, Sticky is a telehealth platform um, which allows individuals to connect with healthcare professionals, in this case, pharmacists or our team of pharmacists, um, and to be able to have a consultation and receive a medical certificate um, for, for sick leave or carer's leave should they need it. Um, mm. So that's what Sicky is. It's, it's really it's an innovative solution to a common problem faced by everyday Australians. Um, yeah. And uh, to answer your uh, initial question, yes, um, uh, yeah, I think um, uh, this sort of obviously uh, has naturally evolved from my time um, uh, having spent my time working and practicing as a pharmacist. Yeah. So the app, the app itself would allow, I, I guess it's really relevant now with, with COVID, especially people not wanting to go in. So that's, that's actually almost perfect. And it almost prevents you, you know, if you've got the flu prevents you from going into the clinic and potentially spreading it to other people inside of that clinic. But yeah, yeah go on, go on. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. I was just going to say um, that that's absolutely correct. Um, so uh, individuals uh, right now, you know, George, there's a lot of apprehension um, uh, amongst the general public uh, yeah. about, uh, you know, not, wa not wanting to catch COVID. Um, I think, you know, most people watch the, you know, a lot of people are watching the news, they're observing um, what, what's been happening overseas. There's a lot of statistics that are getting thrown in people's faces in terms of case numbers and people number of deaths, which have unfortunately occurred. Um, so I think there is that general angst in the community, yeah. um, uh, uh, which is good and bad um, as long as it's, uh, you know, it's, it's about everything, as long as it's not, it's in moderation. So I think it's, uh, for me as a pharmacist, I'm quite encouraged about the fact that uh, and there's been lots of evidence and data that's been published that um, uh, that have um, shown that people, especially this year, are a lot more have taken a lot more interest in their personal health and well-being, mm. um, and um, uh, being able to understand that you know this is a serious situation. So yeah, um, yeah you, you know most people um, associate um, doctors' waiting rooms and pharmacies as you know areas of congregation where 
you you have a lot of people generally speaking who are quite unwell and um that mm. that that can be a, a bit of a cocktail for um you know uh, i guess irrationally irrationally exposing yourself to 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 the risk of uh, catching something um yeah. so yeah definitely i think this this is intended to help provide uh, an alternative solution for those people um that may want to receive some advice and have a consultation and speak to a healthcare professional and in this particular instance with Siki um receive uh, a medical certificate um over over telehealth and and does it so does it get charged a fee the user gets charged a, a fee to get a success certificate and then the doctors how do you choose the doctors do they have to sign up to the platform or is it just people that you go out and reach out to like is it is it sort of like sure. I guess the uber of you know six certificates yeah look um that's it's uh, one way of putting it um yeah. i think uh yeah so the the way it works is uh, the way that siki works is it's exclusively a team of pharmacists that we employ um and i might just touch on the, the fact that um a, a lot of people aren't actually aware that pharmacists can provide medical certificates um so with respect to that, um, a pharmacist will only provide medical certificates um, for instances and for for uh, healthcare issues that you would typically go to see uh, a pharmacist in a traditional pharmacy for. So, um, you know, if you were if you can think about the things you would typically you know visit the pharmacy for, which are um, in the primary care, primary healthcare setting, so self-limiting episodes of migraines, mm. uh, headaches, upset stomachs, allergies, things like yeah. that, um, which are conditions which are very much in the scope of practice of a pharmacist. Um, uh, whereas with respect to seeing a doctor and uh, doctors obviously do offer telehealth services as well, which mm. is separate to Siki, um, in the same sense when um, an individual, say, would um, present to a pharmacist and it was determined that perhaps uh, some of the symptoms they were presenting with were a bit more serious or yeah. in some instances um, could be identified as a red flag. Um, and these are things which... Uh, uh, unfortunately, we have not experienced um, since we've launched. Um, um, but you know, if someone presents with you know trouble breathing or chest pain or something that requires emergency attention, they would be referred in kind. Um, so it, it's it's exactly the same service that you would receive if you were to see a, a, a regular pharmacist. The only difference is that we've digitised this service um, to make it as convenient and simple as possible. Uh, for yeah. you to receive um, this healthcare in the in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, and um, how how long has this sort of been in the making for? And and how did you sort of go about you know figuring out? Okay, because I would assume that you didn't have any app building experience before. So what what was the actual journey there? Who who did you meet? How did you guys sort of you know come up with the the idea and then how did you actually implement it? I mean, did you, did you have to get lawyers involved? Because I'd assume with six certificates, there's a certain, I guess, legality to making sure that if you're issuing a six certificate, that it's not done in, you know, a false sort of, um, you know, intent. And then from that as well, how did you reach out to developers? Did you vet the whole thing? You know, 
like talk talk me through the journey of of the app from I guess you know the birth up to where it is now. Sure, absolutely. Um, so there's a few things there, George. So I'll try to take them uh, in a few yeah. different steps. Yeah. Um, in pieces. So in terms of conception, so mm. how did we come about the idea? Yeah. Um, uh, this was actually um, initiated from a live example, which I can provide uh, an actual instance where. I was working, you know, back in the days when I still donned the, the white smock or the white coat. Yeah. Um, and I, was, uh, mat- I was managing a pharmacy in Melbourne and I had yeah. um, a, a lady who, who presented and she was a regular, a regular customer. And she, she would suffer from migraines, which were in her instance, um, hormonally induced. Um, mm. So it would be, um, she was very consistent. Like I could actually pretty much predict, you know, what time, uh, I could expect to see her on a monthly basis, and um, for, this for one particular, yes, yeah. So yeah. she would come in to get her her prophylactic um, yeah. medication to help treat and prevent her migraines. And yeah, I mean, migraines, just as an aside, can be triggered by anything, and uh, particularly in women, it can be triggered triggered by you know um, hormonal cycles as well. Ah, okay, so, so that, that's why she'd come in regular, oh, I guess you could sort of predict when she'd come in. Yeah, so it was a, yeah. it was a chronic um, condition that she yeah. suffered from, but it was, yeah. uh, uh, which was uh, treated with medications on a, yeah. a periodic basis. Yeah. So anyways, um, this, this, she came in this one month and she was uh, particularly distressed yeah. Um, and she, she came in with her, you know, her young toddler who was not really happy to be there and yeah. which is understandable. I mean, pharmacies are not, you know, it's not like a McDonald's playground. It's, they're not very <laughs> yeah. entertaining. Um, yeah. so you the know, playground this, for adults. this kid was screaming. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I dispensed her medication and provided her with, um, you know, recommended counseling and I didn't want to overreach, but I, I just felt like, you know, I just wanted to ask how she was doing and whether she was okay. Um, and it was at that moment that she absolutely, she, she burst into tears. Um, and she explained to me that she just had a, a horror morning. She woke up with a really bad migraine and some of the um, other classic symptoms of a migraine um, are the extreme pain or the headache, but, you know, having blurred vision, nausea mm. and vomiting. And she had all, all of those and she had to struggle to, 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 you know, get up, get changed, drive to the pharmacy. And um, she actually uh, rang, um, called up her doctor, her regular doctor, that morning um, uh, to try to get an appointment um, to actually, you know, see the doctor and also get a medical certificate. And she couldn't get in to see the doctor the same day, um, which is um, quite, you know, that's that's not surprising. It's, it's quite common that, you know, when they, when you do need to see a doctor, it can take some time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, at, it was at that point that I actually informed her and I said, look, you know, um, I can completely understand if you, um, you know, feel like crap and you, 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 you know, you clearly need to, to have the day. Um, I, I, you know, more than happy to, pro- you know, I informed her that a pharmacist can actually provide a medical certificate. Um, which, and she was completely blown away. She had no idea that farms could provide that service. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I organized that for her. She was incredibly grateful. 
Um, and you know, after that experience, I just thought to myself, George, look, there, there must be, must be a better way to do that. Like for, for, for that person to have been able to avoid going through all of those hoops, you know, trying to uh, come into the pharmacy, um, you know, which is particularly dangerous, you know, to drive whilst having a migraine is, is not it's a bit of a challenge. So, yeah, actually, uh, I, that's where the idea was conceived in its very early days. And I spoke to a, a friend of mine um, just to, to get a sanity check and to, to soundboard the idea. And, um, yeah, he, he said, look, you know, it, it sounds like it, there's something there. And um, this person um, eventuated to be my business partner. So I'm a mm. co-founder along with um, this other individual who's also a pharmacist. And um, I think um, that's when we started to, to really seriously think about, okay, how do we get this from conception to finished product? Um, so, you know, both of us are, are qualified pharmacists. We're not IT experts or, um, you know, we don't have any sort of technical nows to the, yeah. to the same level as a software engineer does. Um, yeah. So we, um, we explored our um, potential um, options in terms of, either trying to, to find an individual and perhaps partner with them or to, to perhaps contract an agency, um, which we uh, ended up uh, going with. Um, so the, the agency with which we uh, partnered with, they're, they're called My Works. They're a Melbourne-based agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they, they've um, uh, supported us and continue to support us today with respect to development of the technology and the, the application itself. Yeah. both um, on the user end as well as on the pharmacist end. And they've also provide support for our um, digital marketing and our um, digital presence. So yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a big learning curve just for, a, a, you know, a couple of humble pharmacists who just probably know, um, you know, a little bit about drugs um, uh, for us, you know, pivoting from that to, uh, launching Siki, um, which was launched in in March um, mm. of this year, so we're six we're six months in, yeah. um, and Perfect today timing. we have just yeah yeah that's yeah. right just just under four thousand app users, so mm. um, four thousand people that are, that have the app, and just we've um, undertaken just over five hundred consultations. So oh, wow. yeah, it's it, look look timing. Um, yeah, as as you can imagine, is, is everything. And um, yeah, it's been good. Like uh, I think really trying to raise that awareness and build a profile, like any business in its uh, early days, is is key. And um, mm. we're really trying to you know fo- uh, focus our efforts there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, and just to touch on uh, something which you asked in the uh, before George, which I didn't answer um, in terms of the price of the app. Um, for the end user. So uh, the app to download that, um, it's free. There's no cost associated. Um, uh, All you have to do uh, ensure is that you have a smartphone and you're able to download the app and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, An individual is required just to sign up some of the basic uh, personal information, which includes, you know, their name, their address, email address, and to to and 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 that's all that's required. So once you're connected with the pharmacist, you have a consultation. Again, there's no charge for the consultation. There's only a charge for if you do if it is deemed um, appropriate 
to provide a medical certificate and that is 1995. It's a once-off payment. Mm. Um, and just to give you an idea of um, how that compares, um, pharmacies typically charge between 20 to 25, uh, 20 to 35 dollars um, for a certificate depending on mm. uh, where you go. Um, but of course, there's still you still have to physically prevent uh, present. Sorry, um, you know it's more often than not you have to wait, you have to linger around, all things which you probably really don't want to do in the current climate. Yeah. So we feel that um, we, this is really competitive, not only in a price offering perspective, but also um, from the, the that convenience perspective as well. Oh yeah, I was about to say like COVID or no COVID. I don't want to, I, I personally don't exactly enjoy going to a clinic or a pharmacy with all due respect, Nashi. <laughs> it's not, it's not somewhere you want to go when you're not feeling the best. And, and I think that's great. Like you sure. don't want someone with a migraine driving around either just to, to go get a sick certificate. Do you know what I mean? If you're waking up and you feel pretty shit to be able to sort of just turn over in bed and, and, you know, click a few buttons and get a sick certificate and know that that's sorted is extremely convenient yeah. uh, but do you so do you still have to yeah. have a, a sort of a telehealth oh i, I guess like a, com, a video conference when you get your six certificate or is it absolutely yeah so that sort of um ties into what you were mentioning before about ins ensuring the integrity of these consultations um so um pharmacists under the Fair Work Act are uh, able to provide uh, medical certificates and yeah. there are guidelines which are prescribed by professional bodies in, 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 the, um, in the industry about what's required. Um, so a thorough, a thorough consultation is required to occur, um, mm. which happens over video conference. So the pharmacist will ask you, you know, a series of questions with respect to, you know, um, what you're presenting with, the symptoms you have, um, you know, whether you, you um, experience these symptoms often, really undertake a thorough history, again, as they would um, in, in a retail setting, yeah. um, to really, and, and then to come to a determination as to whether it's appropriate, um, not only to issue a medical certificate, but to provide you with some solid recommendations. Yeah. Um, so all, all of that, the Act has been built um, to really accommodate and um, ensure that a, a thorough consultation does occur. This is, and I just want to stress, um, you know, uh, if there are instances in which pharmacists uh, deem it to be not appropriate to issue a medical certificate, um, whether it be um, a lack of information that's provided or information that's provided that is inconsistent or, um, even the information that may warrant uh, a, a patient that's um, presented to seek further referral, i.e. go to a doctor, yeah. the pharmacists are in that position to make those decisions. So yeah. um, it, it's very much uh, within the prescribed guidelines and um, uh, I guess uh, requirements as uh, with respect to the undertaking of these telehealth consultations. Man, that's, that's, um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's awesome in terms of like for me personally, um, if, if I was feeling under the weather, I would much prefer to just, you know, be at home to sort of do that rather than get in the car, go to the pharmacy or go to the, go to the clinic, wait in line. Um, does it give you an appointment or is it just sort of you click it and you wait? 
Yeah, no, no. So um, the, the team at SICI are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 mm. days a year. Um, there's no queues. Um, there's no waiting in lines. It's, it's, it's as simple as downloading the app, filling out your details, and whenever you need to use it, just clicking connect. Mm. And uh, within moments, you're connected to one of the team members. Um, so it's, it's just that simple and convenient. Um, and it's, it's risk-free, it's safe. Um, you know, again, all of the things that you want to be um, and allowing you to still receive that, you know, a continuity of care yeah. um, uh, as you require it. Because there are actually, George, like, like we touched on earlier, there's a lot of people that have neglected their, their uh, you know, health or um, have been very apprehensive just about seeing their, their doctors and, their, and going mm. to the pharmacy. So... Again, this um, uh, provides that um, avenue for you to to receive that uh, care. Yeah, uh, and is that is that because the the pharmacist uh, is it just sort of because you've got such a large team of pharmacists? It's whoever picks up the patient first gets that patient. Yeah, that's right. So on our side, it's yeah. a, it's a centralised system. So okay. we've got pharmacists who who take it in turns, who who are on shifts, if you like, um, depending on you know if there's surge capacity required, we might have a couple of pharmacists on. Generally, it's one who's um, available at all times, um, and yeah, uh, you know they they could be very uh, working from. A couple different locations depending on who's on at yeah. any given time yeah but yeah it's de definitely we do have our team members uh team members available all hours of the day man that's that's great that's that's absolutely fantastic and how, how long did it take you to actually get the the first run of the app from i guess you know conception to actual launch yeah, so we um, we met together and um, I guess initiated the project of development. I'd say last August or September thereabouts. So yeah. Just been on uh, just just been on twelve months. Yeah. Um, so from August last year to March, what's that about? You know, just around six months mm. um, to really um, go through iterations of development. There's a lot of testing that was involved as well. Yeah. Um, to iron out bugs as well as to ensure that we could um, uh, our, our launch from a marketing perspective was uh, was targeted yeah. um, you know launching in March was earlier this year was you know right in the middle of right at the beginning of the pandemic so mm. um, you know it, it's it's been good and it's been bad um, good in the sense that like yes it's 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 very relevant um, but also, you know, with people working from home, a lot of people not actually working, um, we mm. feel that, that um, you know, it, it, it's definitely been a challenge, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're quite fortunate and we're happy to be in the position we are in. And yeah. we, um, you know, our projections show that there, there is going to be uh, a growth, especially once, um, you know, the likes of economies and uh, jurisdictions uh, get back to normal <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so what was what, what do you think for you was the most challenging bit about actually doing this app um i think just 
just the learning, the learning along the way, um, really trying to pick up subject matter, which I'm not familiar with. You know, I'm, you know, as you know, George, we're, we're old high school uh, friends. So, you know, I was uh, a pretty, pretty studious, really into my science. I was always a bit of a science nerd and a science geek, if you like. So hence, you know, moving into studying pharmacy was a, was a natural, uh, you know, a natural decision. But, um, you know, really trying to understand concepts such as marketing and, you know, the IT and software and, um, you know, yeah, just, just the education and really having to upskill um, and throw myself in the deep end uh, has been the, um, probably one of the, the biggest challenge. Um, mm. But, you know, it's, 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 it goes both ways, right? Like, you know, I'm someone who's constantly, um, you know, open to, to, to learning new things and trying to throw myself in the deep end. And, um, you know, the, it's quite exciting being part yeah. of launching a startup. It, it's very challenging um, uh, and it can be scary. I think uh, doing it with a, a partner or another individual to help, you know, share that journey as well as provide a different perspective has been um, very, very um, heartening and a good support network as well. So, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's um, a lot of learning, though, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, mate, um, absolutely. I mean, even so, I, I sort of find that, let's say you're getting someone to do your marketing right, and even though you're not doing the marketing yourself, if you're paying someone to do something, you need to understand what they're delivering so you can actually make that assessment or whether or not the quality is good enough, you know, worth what you're paying and, and that sort of thing. So I completely understand um, when it comes to picking, you know, picking up things that you're not exactly a subject matter expert on, but you just, I guess you just need to learn it up to a degree where you understand it enough to make an assessment on it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it, I guess it depends on how um, neurotic you are and how much you need to know. I, 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 I totally agree, George. I think you know, yeah. um, you don't you don't need a degree in it or anything like that. A lot of it you can learn on the go. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, learning uh, the sort of the nitty gritty and the tricks and even basic concepts like you know search engine optimization as well as you know digital marketing versus traditional marketing and you know um i've, I've just been reading lots of articles as well as you know uh, i've been you know i've been leveraging the expertise of the team but i think it's 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 trying to take an idea in your in your head or a concept of and how you see it um and trying to translate and you know trying to explain that and try to translate Mm. Uh, that to someone else and trying to realize that which which is the challenge and a lot of that comes down to you know I guess basic communication as well and trying to to ensure that yeah there's alignment there so for sure I agree like I, I, I consider myself a bit of a generalist um, you know I prefer to know a little about a lot as opposed to a lot about a little I think that's one of the ways that you can um, differentiate, you know, where you sit. Um, so for sure, it's, 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 it's been fun. It's been fun. And I feel like the more I learn, the more I know, um, the more I learn and uncover, you know, very quickly realize there's so much more that I don't know. So it's, um, yeah, sometimes it's, you can feel, you can feel like you're spinning your wheels a bit, but, um, yeah. no, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so, I guess how how big's the team from the the development team? So you've got five hundred pharmacists on board, right? 
<laughs> no, uh, no, no. So we've we've undertaken um, just over five hundred consultations. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I thought you had five hundred so, pharmacists. I was going to say that's huge already, mate. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, no, no. So it's a it's our internal team. So we've yep. got a team of about four or five about four or five pharmacists, mm-hmm. um, um, which are sufficient for now. And depending on, hopefully. Um, growing uh, that that will grow as well and i mean at this stage we haven't thought too far down the track about what the second or third tier of this might look like but yeah. we've got some ideas right right now it's a very centralized yeah. um, business model it's just been run by you know my partner and i um and we have our team but you know th- th- there's no reason why this couldn't have broader applications um and potentially could be decentralized where individual pharmacies are using that but you know those are very much um growth ideas for down the yeah. track so right now we're just really fo- focusing on the immediate um which is um establishing ourselves getting our name out there getting ourselves in people's faces um, you know, from all the consultations we've had and um, hopefully, you know, if anyone's interested after this podcast, if, just to ensure that uh, there's no misgivings about the uh, the proficiency and the legitimacy of our offering, you know, we've got a five-star rating on our app store, we've got lots of positive feedback, um, you know, we're gaining followers and um, yeah, it's, 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 re- it's really heartening to know that we've introduced something which is adding value and not taking away or not, you know, perceived to be a gimmick, which we yeah. definitely um, are not. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Now uh, your, your friend that had the, the migraines, is she, she on the app now? Um, look, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so that was um, yeah, definitely, um, from, uh, yeah, look, no, I haven't called her up or hunted her down because, you know, once yeah. it, that might be going a bit too far, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it, it's really interesting. It's, it's really interesting. Like, uh, you know, t- telehealth in itself and using apps, it's a very, um, you know, it, it's really dependent upon the people that are technology savvy, if, if you like, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, our generation, millennials, um, and, you know, young professionals, adults, um, people, you know, anyone that would, you know, that would use Facebook or Uber off their, off their phone probably would be a potential client or customer yeah. that might use it. Um, yeah. But definitely tele- telehealth is still, it's been around for a long time, but it's, 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 it's more prevalent now because of the current circumstances. But definitely, George, I think I'd struggle. You know, I've just recently been able to convert my mum from her, ever reliable Nokia to an iPhone, I think, you know, that's, that was quite a journey. So getting her to move from, from, from that to using a telehealth app, I think would be quite a challenge. So I think, um, you know, I think telehealth is around to stay, but the, some of the biggest challenges um, or the biggest barriers are are about trying to educate people and, and um, trying to change, you know, uh, employ that change management as well as providing that reassurance that, you know, telehealth is is a, is a very secured um, mechanism of providing a health, uh, health service. So, um, you know, with the app, it's uh, any information that's collected is stored uh, um, and secured. Um, there's mm. end-to-end um, uh, encryption, and we don't leverage any third-party apps such as FaceTime or Zoom. You're not required to download anything additionally, which 
from our understanding, we're the only pharmacist telehealth that offers that has that um, yeah. uh, uh, functionality. So it's all yeah. integrated within the app again to, to to make it as seamless as possible. Yeah, that's good because uh, when when you have to sort of you know download an app and then download another app to make that app work, it shits me. So that's good. It's good to hear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, convenience has has been a big uh, has been a, has been in our forefront in the development and design of Siki. Yeah. Now, let's say someone sort of just uh, completely thrashes it, and you know they've they've gone for like you know five six certificates within two weeks, for instance. Because you're having that actual video conference with that pharmacist, they're able to sort of counter that and say, "Oh, this guy." might not actually be sick or on the flip side, hey man, maybe you actually need to go see a doctor. You've been sick too often, right? Yeah. So, I mean, look, that's a hypothetical. Um, So uh, in that instance, again, George, it would be no different to to say in, um, um, I guess the steps that would be taken in a, in a traditional set, a traditional pharmacy setting, a brick and mortar store. So yeah. if there was someone who, were, who was presenting quite frequently, um, yeah. I'd say, you know, every couple of days, uh, uh, I think it'd, there'd be a point very early on yeah. where a pharmacist may, may, would intervene and strongly suggest that the individual see a doctor, yeah. um, especially if they've been presenting for the same thing. So, uh, you know, I, I I don't believe we'd let it get to five or six certificates within a, a within a fortnight. I think if someone, you know, pharmacists are able to provide medical certificates for up to two days maximum. So, yeah. let's just let's just say if someone was to come, you know, at the end of every two days and to try to you know uh, another certificate I, I we'd be very vigilant and call mm. um do a bit more of an in-depth consultation and analysis as to the it would be appropriate and in those circumstances again if it was something someone who was presenting for an issue which was not disappearing and required uh further investigation then yeah a certificate would not be would not be issued. I think um, the suggestion um, would be um, to, for for that individual to seek further um, further uh, advice from a doctor. Awesome. Now moving moving away from the app. So you you yourself mm. you started off as a pharmacist in Melbourne, yeah. Yeah. And then from there yep, right. you moved you moved to Canberra. To is it like run your own thing or what? What was the move for? No, so I, I work within the, the public sector here mm. in Canberra. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, so, and I'll just um, uh, preface that, you know, the views that I've expressed today are, are purely my own, George, and not representative of, um, you know, uh, the department which I work for, which is the Department of Health. Yeah. Um, so, Siki is really an extension of, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a project and it's an app which which we've got, but it's uh, an extension of uh, a pharmacy, my pharmacy practice as well. But yeah, yeah. I moved to Canberra initially um, before Siki for um, to, to to join the public service. Now, what's your what, what's your sort of take on on what's going on here in in Victoria? You know, without sort of, I guess. You know, um, again, on the on the on the premise that it's your own view, it's not the DOH's view. 
Yeah, sure. So, yeah, again, uh, you know, I can't um, commentate or, um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be perceived to be speaking on behalf of the government. I guess I could uh, provide you with um, my personal view and objective advice. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, objective opinion. Uh, objective opinion. Um, yeah. Look, uh, I think I think you know Victoria's. Um, it's it's been quite a challenge um, going through through lockdown is not easy. Um, I think you know dealing with a virus like this is, is it's unprecedented. I know we've heard that word uh, so much this year, but um, you know we've truly been learning as we've been going along. Um, you know from. Uh, I guess local instances of cases, as well as mm. um, at taking a look at what's happening overseas. So, I, I think you know I really feel for my fellow Victorians, being someone who's born and raised in Melbourne, and it's my home city. I've got a lot of family and friends who are who are there, and you know I follow follow the news quite regularly, Dan's updates. Um, yeah, look, I think Victoria, you know. Uh, are doing it as well as they could um, given the circumstances that they've faced really. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a, a virus is a, it's an invisible enemy um, and trying to combat that is, um, you know, it's reliant upon a, a myriad of factors. Um, and yeah, uh, from a public health perspective, I think, you know, a lot of the interventions that have been um, that people that have been spoken about are very important, um, um, such as you know, such as uh, personal hygiene and you know, in Victoria wearing masks as yeah. well as social distancing and um, you know things like that. So yeah. yeah, it's a it's a funny one, man, because um, when when the when the thing first started, when COVID first started. And the government started giving out advice on how to wash your hands and how to cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze. I was just sort of taken back by it. I thought that was common sense to wash your hands thoroughly after you used to, you know, use the bathroom before you eat, um, you know, cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze. So that sort of thing, um, I sort of felt it's like, obvious advice that uh, didn't necessarily need a government, you know, marketing campaign to tell people how to upkeep personal hygiene, but you know, um, maybe they did need to know, but on the, on the front of, I, of the, yeah, go on, go on. Yeah. I was just going to say, I guess um, you can never really over-educate. I support, uh, I suppose, George, like, um, <laughs> yeah. and it's not only about whether it's, uh, it's obvious. I agree. Like uh, you'd like to hope that, most people um, would consider personal hygiene um, something that's imp important and would practice on a day-to-day -day perspective. But I think it's, uh, again, just about really drilling in the messages. Um, and sometimes it's, it, you do that through repetition. And I think there's also some, um, you, know, you know, Australia is a multicultural country. Like we've got people of different um, faiths and backgrounds and um, it again it, it might be just about trying to disseminate uh, that message and communicate that thoroughly um, mm. through those uh, respective uh, avenues which can be quite challenging um, as well as trying to accommodate for other other oh, yes. um, that's true uh, seg seg segments and um, other segments of the audience yeah that's true because I, I remember I remember there was a, a bit of uh, 
a bit of backlash on one of the on the one of the campaigns that came out because I think it was translated into Arabic, but then a bunch of native Arabic speakers are like, "This is all translated incorrectly. It's it doesn't make sense." So um, I appreciate it on that front, but I want to ask you a question about um, the virus itself and making a vaccine for okay. it, right? And you know, okay, sure. So a, a flu a flu vaccine like your, your sort of traditional flu vaccine, correct me if I'm wrong. So that sort of injects antibodies into you, right? And is that based on, based on the flu, based on modeling of the flu in Europe, right? And then we, we do our vaccine based off what's happened in Europe, you know, six months ago. But how does that differ from what we're trying to do with the COVID vaccine? Yeah, so um, in essence, uh, at a, I guess at a very high level, a vaccine is about um, injecting um, an individual with a, a non-virulent form, um, so a, a, a you know a, a non-live form, if you like. Um, in some instances, it can be live, but just uh, dulled down or muted mm. down in terms of its effectiveness to to um, try to get. Um, your body to build antibodies against um, the virus itself. So it's about very simply trying to get the virus in a in a in a in a non-harmful way. So your your body can build its own defense mechanisms, um, so it can cope and it can engage um, should it need to um, if you're confronted or if you do catch the actual virus itself. So to the point where you don't experience any of the symptoms because you're protected. Um, yeah. in, and look, I, I'm no immunologist or a virologist, George. So um, I, I, I'm just a humble pharmacist. But yeah, in terms of how that differs from your, your seasonal flu, versus the virus itself, um, it, it, that comes down to and, um, you know, I don't know, if, if you'd want me to get into it, but you know, I guess the, the, the yeah, really get it, technical get into scientific, it. um, get into getting it. into the details <laughs> of, um, uh, just, um, different classes of viruses and how they behave and how they, um, attack the immune system. Um, mm. you know, this, this, this SARS, um, uh, COVID two, um, has been, um, uh, known to, to, this is quite, you know, um, uh, prominent in terms of, um, attacking the lungs, you know, so yeah. SARS is short for, um, you know, a severe acute respiratory, um, syndrome. So, yeah. um, really, um, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's people, um, it, this just happens to be a lot more contagious. Um, and, uh, which means that, you know, it can spread a lot more quickly, which is why we've been affected the way we have. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And I, I, I just preface by saying that, you know, the seasonal flu and influenza around for quite some time. Um, there's a lot that we know about it and with respect to, modeling and learning from it and creating a vaccine you know that's that's very different to trying to understand and learn about a novel vaccine so yeah. a, 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 sorry a novel virus um which we you know is new and we know we, we only know very little about well we know a lot about but 
um, you know, the scientists are having to, to learn on the go, mm. um, not only about the virus, but also about how to contain and combat the virus. And, you know, when you're talking about something like a vaccine, especially for a, a, a novel virus, what, what, um, what's a, traditional... What's a novel? So what's a novel virus as opposed to just a virus? <laughs> so a, a virus um, which we haven't experienced before in terms of its, you know, molecular yeah. structure and, um, yeah. you know, what we're dealing with. So, um, you know, there's, there's nothing to compare it to directly. Um, okay. um, it's, it's, it's a unique virus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sorry, there are things we can compare it to, but the virus itself is unique and, yeah. and new, um, and, and viruses can behave differently, mm. um, for all sorts of reasons. So vaccine development can take anywhere from traditionally three to five years yeah. to, to make. Um, and there's a, there's a whole host of reasons for why, you know, a virus a vaccine can take that long. Yeah. Um, but, you know, COVID being the uh, really the number one issue that every jurisdiction internationally is dealing with right now and from a public health perspective is the number one priority in addressing um, I think, you know, governments all around the world, including Australia, are, are taking something like that very, very seriously, as, as yeah. I think they should, um, which, which is a good thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, so why, why and um, I don't want to sort of concentrate on COVID too much because it is sort of um, just being spoken about a lot, but why, why is COVID as a virus you know, looked at so intensely, like we've never really had a lockdown of this, this measure. And, you know, we've had things, you know, back in the world war one days, such as the Spanish flu, where uh, I'm not sure. I don't think, I'm pretty sure the world didn't go into lockdown. Then, you know, the first time we had SARS, the world's the world didn't go into lockdown, but, but now with this, it's, um, it's sort of, you know, things have just gone fucking bonkers yeah um look i think it's it's because it's from my perspective it's a health issue or the, it's a, it's an issue that we don't have any defenses against mm. which is indiscriminate and can affect anybody irrespective of your your current health circumstance, your current social circumstance. Yeah, it's it's very contagious, um, and has been shown um, to to be just as severe um, with respect to you know a younger cohort versus people who are infected in the older cohort. Of course, yeah. like any infection, um, you know, uh, if you have any of these what's called concomitant factors or risk factors in terms of if you've, you know, if you've got any other sort of health um, conditions or if you're otherwise not a hundred percent, I mean, the, this virus only adds to that. Um, so, you yeah. know, for example, there's been a big, big campaign this year to try and encourage people to quit smoking. I mean, that's a, a, a message which is longstanding and has been around for quite some time now, but Again, noting that this virus particularly can attack people's lungs and, um, you know, people that are either asthmatics or might have poor lung function for whatever reason, they might be smokers. Um, it's really about trying to put in the best steps you can 
yeah. to to either prevent or limit the um, the limit the duration of um, the, the the virus should you be infected. So, I think, and also, I mean, George, you know, where we are today, you know, modern medicine has advanced um, leaps and bounds. You know, from you know, if you're trying to compare 100 years ago to where we are now, you know, I don't think we had cars 100 years ago. Maybe we did. I don't know. Um, I think, but, I think yeah, we did. I, I, I think, think cars were. I think. I think they were pretty. Okay. Sure. Maybe we didn't have a. Maybe we. Maybe we didn't have electric cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I think um, you know modern medicine has um, evolved and come so far. You yeah. Know, um, through 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 human understanding of uh, anatomy and you know um, uh, develop being able to develop therapies which are really innovative and able to to treat conditions um, and uh, which we haven't been able to in the past and likewise uh, I think health education and health literacy has come a long way as well. Yeah. Um, so those are those are good things. Uh, you know that that yeah, yeah. that sort of demonstrates that we've there's been advance um, um, and progress. Um, in terms of, um, you know, I guess comparing it to other viruses, again, like viruses are so unique. Um, I think, mm. you know, some can just as much as they're virulent and contagious can, can lose their virulence as well. And again, understanding completely what, you know, why that occurs is, is difficult. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, those are some of the, the factors um, that, you know, you can, um, I guess, attribute to that. Yeah, uh, see, for for me, it's just a it's a weird one, um, and I'm not making a comment about whether it is as severe or more severe or less severe than what's sort of being perpetrated through either media or alternative media. Um, it's just it's sure. it just looks like the like I know in France they've got about seven to nine thousand cases a day, but the the death rate has remained constant even though the infection rate's gone up. So if you look at it on a graph, it's like the infection rate goes that way, but then the death rate just stays like that, right? Mm. So from, from mm-hmm. that perspective, um, you know, it, it sort of just goes to show in terms of associating lockdown measures with how infectious this virus is or how deadly it is. Um, it just goes to show how little almost I feel like everyone at any level really knows about this thing and not, not to mention the vaccine that did come out of Oxford ended up causing side effects. But then I've heard things about vaccines coming out of China, um, which they've been using being completely fine. But again, you know, you, you just, you don't know what to, to believe on that front. Um, Especially, you know, such as someone like myself, like I'm not, I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not an immunologist. I'm not a virologist. I wouldn't know. Um, so I just sort of, you know, take in the information as it comes. And it just, from, from my personal perspective, it just goes to show how little we know about this thing. Um, but in terms of the way Victoria's reacted to the lockdown, um, I think from an economic perspective, it could have been handled better. Um, there could have been opportunities for a lot of retail businesses to digitize, potentially have some sort of government subsidy to move those, um, you know, those businesses online and repurpose staff from being, you know, shop front facing to, to pick packing delivery. But anyways, just what I'm trying to get at is I just don't think we know enough about this thing um, to make a call about it with 
a hundred percent degree of certainty. Yeah, look, I think that's a fair perspective, George. Um, I, I guess it's just, and I really don't envy um, the people that have to be, you know, who are in the positions to, to be making such decisions. They're, they're, they're very heavy decisions. Um, mm. You're right. I think we, there's so much we, we don't know. And I think, um, but uh, I think, you know, I don't know if inaction is a, is a, is a is an option, um, but yeah, I, 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 for sure, I think I think um, it's it's hard to compare jurisdictions, you know, international countries against each other because they're so individual and unique, and yeah. um, whatever you know, public health advice they're receiving is very much specific and tailored to their circumstances. Yeah, um, it's just a, a very very um, unfortunate situation for lots of different reasons, and yeah, absolutely, you know, it's a about I think you know as you said there's a lot of information out there but I'd, I'd encourage you to to definitely follow and receive and any anyone to receive their information through official channels so you know from your respective jurisdictions as well as you know if you're ever in doubt about any uh, health information um, contacting your, your you know your local doctors or coming and speaking to a friendly pharmacist at the team at Siki you know you could do that yeah. as well so yeah Spot on. yeah now, Nashi, I want to ask you a question away from all that. Um, now, I've got a question around antibiotics, right? Uh, okay. So, in the sports that I participated in pre-COVID, right, it's a, a lot of sort of body-on-body contact and then you... Is that dominance jujitsu? I can see your gi in the background. Is yes. That, is that the... That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. So, um. I remember there was a stage where almost every time I got a cut, I would cop an infection. And um, yep. I, I had a, a cut inside my left, my left hand, right, that okay. I ignored, yep. ignored for a few days. And um, my hand started swelling up a little bit. And I was doing some sort of gardening. I got some weed killer on my hand and I think into the cut and so it sort of swelled up a bit more and I ignored it. Um, then I, I finally went to the hospital and they, they chucked me in a, on the IV drip straight away. Um, I had to take, I had to take two weeks off work, had to go to the hospital every day to get um, anti- antibiotics directly into me. Um, Cause it turned out I had golden staff in, in my hand. Wow. Right? Sure. And, sure. and I've, I've copped it two more times since. Um, okay. yeah. And, and every time I'm, but now, now I go a bit earlier to the, to the pharmacist. Um, and every Good. time I've I'm glad gone, to hear that. yeah. Uh, so every time I've gone though, and, and I've been on the round of antibiotics, I sort of feel like my mood changes. I sort of feel like I'm, I'm a bit sluggish. I'm not as peppy. I'm not as happy when I'm on the antibiotics. And even once I finish that round, I'm sort of for the next couple yep. of days, still feeling a bit sluggish, still feeling a bit like just, I don't know, just not, not myself. Right. Do antibiotics have that effect? And, and if they do, what's like, what's actually causing that effect on someone? Look, uh, to, to be honest, um, I guess, you know, putting my pharmacist hat on, um, uh, antibiotics typically, um, if they, I do cause side effects have the potential to generally cause a bit of GI upset. So yeah. um, a bit of nausea, vomiting, um, you know, can be something 
something like diarrhea as well. Um, but those more often than not are generally uh, meant to be short-lived um, and yeah. self-limiting. Um, in terms of affecting your mood, I'll be honest, I, I don't... I don't know if that is a common adverse effect. I think it really depends on which antibiotic you're taking. And I, I mean, I don't want to get into the into your personal uh, medical history here, but um, I don't look, even remember the possible. names, mate. So um, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely could. It, it, it just really, yeah. If it did, if that was a side effect, again, depending on which antibiotic you did take, um, it probably would be a very um, uh, one of the rare ones. Um, yeah. Do you find that when you finish a, when, when you do finish a course that your your mood resolves? Um, or your mood issues resolve? Yeah, maybe like in a in a few in a couple of days, like usually two to three days. Yeah. So yeah. How, yeah. how do antibiotics um, actually? Yeah, work? I mean, um, so I, I think again, there's a whole host of different types. Um, very simply, you know, antibiotics uh, are used to to um, attack the infection, attack the bad bacteria that has infiltrated or infected you, mm. and um, um, that could be localized. It could be systemic. So I think from what you've explained, you know, from getting a cut um, at sports or jujitsu, and perhaps um, uh, you know, depending on how you manage that, the care of that. Um, and exposing yourself to potentially, you know, other contaminants in the environment when you were gardening um, can can lead to getting complicated, um, getting a complicated infection. Um, so again, it, yeah, it, it, and it's, you know, it, it really depends on the infection you have, the type mm. of bug you have, and that helps determine. Um, what course of action you should take. So in most instances, um, you know, community infections which are acquired typically that affect um, your upper respiratory um, tract. Um, um, a doctor, if you were to present, you know, with symptoms of a cold and flu and a cough and runny nose, and um, a doctor might prescribe you with something that's called broad-spectrum antibiotics. So these are antibiotics which cover a whole host of potential bugs or infections yeah. um but in your case with uh, golden staph staphylococcus that's um you know very very sensitive to you know, penicillin um so what might happen in some instances uh, it, it, again it depends on the doctor that you're seeing is they might start you on the broad spectrum run some tests yeah. and then uh, they might switch your switch your therapy um, to, to, to a, a, an antibiotic that's um, a lot more effective um, against the, the bug that you've been found to have. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's generally how they're, they're used. So do, do they attack the, the good bacteria as well, antibiotics? Yeah, so they have the potential to, um, which, uh, which is obviously uh, an unwarranted side effect. Um, mm. So, um, you know, when you take antibiotics, medications orally in general um, they're absorbed through the small intestine um, yeah. so which is you know your gut and your gut has a lot of good bacteria um, that that helps you know helps you with digesting your food amongst other things and when you take um, an antibiotic uh, that can neutralize um, the good bacteria that's available, um, which is why, um, you know, some pharmacists would also encourage and recommend um, you to take a supplement 
to help replenish the stores of that um, good bacteria, which is, so it's, in, yeah. it's important to have the balance. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that, that, so if you finish a course of antibiotics, it's usually good, just good general practice to take something like, you know, like a Yakult for a few days or something to restore the, the gut flora, right? Yeah, correct. So you can you can take them together um, as long as you space it out um, and don't take them immediately together um, because um, uh, the antibiotic would then just neutralise the effect of the probiotic, yeah. which yeah, is the, the, the good bacteria. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you can you can take it you know uh, for the same duration, um, or you could have your course and then take it afterwards. I mean, you know, if you're otherwise healthy, your body will replenish the stores yeah. um it's just about yeah it's probably better if anything to take it whilst you're taking your antibiotics just not at the same time so how long in between so let's say you take your antibiotic and then what you wait like what maybe two hours or yeah so in most instances uh pharmacists would probably um uh advise you to wait a couple of hours space yeah. it out um i think with most pro probiotics you take either once or twice a day yeah so you know if you were to take an antibiotic and you're taking that three times a day it's just about taking it in the gaps yeah yeah awesome yeah. mate yeah I'm, I'm telling you that um this advice was, is going to help a lot of people <laughs> that i know because i sort of feel like we're all on antibiotics all the time yeah yeah, no, yeah. That's, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. Nashi, mate, um, so I'm looking at you and I'm like, you look exactly the same as you did from school. Like, you still look just as young. <laughs> what What are you doing? Like, what what are you What are you eating? Or are you like, what do you are you doing any sort of exercise regime? Like, are, are you taking yeah. Are you taking something from the pharmacy man that's uh, keeping you looking yeah. this young? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Um, George, don't tell anyone, but I am actually a vampire. Um, no, um, <laughs> yeah. look, uh, I, I, look, uh, thank you. I, I'm very flattered, George. Um, look, I've done nothing too different. I, um, I guess, um, you know, I am, <laughs> um, um, look, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, like everyone just eat, eat as well as I can. That's not sad. I don't indulge. Um, you know, I do exercise. Um, but yeah, look, uh, I, I think of, um, you know, try not to, to take things too, too, too seriously, you know, try to stress about only the, the big things as they say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I've, I've really just been very fortunate, like, you know, to, I've had a good upbringing, you know, been able to, to graduate with, you know, um, schoolmates such as yourself who have been, um, who have helped me along the journey and still in touch with a, with a, with a couple, um, yeah. you know, the humor is, is, is a big deal for me. So yeah. as you know, our, our mutual, our mutual friend, uh, Christopher Giordano, he's, um, <laughs> someone who gives me a lot of laugh, a lot of laugh a lot yeah. of the time. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's important. Um, but yeah, just, um, having, having those support networks and just, just, um, taking it easy, George, that's, that's yeah. what I, try to do i don't use i don't use any product or any moisturizer or look yeah. i guess um i'm, I'm fortunate, fortunate up until now but look i am indian so i've heard there's a bit of a dramatic switch so it's not gradual so i think i'll look young until i'm you know in my mid 40s or maybe early 40s and then as soon as i tick over i'll look like i'm 70 straight away so <laughs> i think enjoy, um, enjoy it while you don't, can don't then, too, yeah don't don't feel too jealous george <laughs> 
That's it. What, what's it. What's the exercise uh, sort of that you're trying to commit to? Um, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm an avid swimmer, which is something I can't actually do right now. Um, so I've actually been um, just going running, going jogging. Um, oh, yeah. I used to run a fair bit, um, especially after school. As you can probably remember, um, at school I was a bit of a bit of a, a rounder kid, you know, quite redundant. We, we, I enjoyed we all my were, sports, mate. you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, really, um, really just trying to get into a bit of cardio. Yeah. Um, so I've always preferred that over um, strength training or weight training. Um, yeah. Just to keep fit. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully the pools open up again. Um, yeah. Good to get back in and do some laps. But yeah. Until then, yeah, just 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 a bit of running, a couple times a week. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, running running's a, a good one, man. Like I I personally can't run too much. Um, just because from playing uh, a lot of a lot of soccer in, in my younger days, like my right knee is just obliterated. So I, I try not to run yeah. on pavement. Just that sort of shock is just, is just too much. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, you know, swimming is, is something that I want to get into as well. But I, I mean, to, to get to the pools now is, is just, you know, forget about it. It's not going to happen for a while. Well, Melbourne at yeah. least. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how things are in Canberra. Yeah. Like, what, you guys aren't, are you guys in any restriction or anything like that or? So, um, not to the same level. Um, there's still, I mean, we haven't had any reported cases for the last two months, which is, um, you know, oh, wow. been yeah. good. Um, so, you know, things are open, um, but there are uh, limitations and restrictions. The pool I go to, so I actually regularly or normally swim at the uh, AIS, Australian Institute of Sport, yeah. Um, yeah. It has, it, it is only open to the elite athletes that need to trade. So I'm highly offended by that, George. But um, yeah. yeah, the general public have, uh, have to wait a bit longer. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy it. It's a full body workout. Um, and I, I, a bit like you, I actually have, so I pronate quite severely. You know, I've got... Um, my, my knees, if I stand straight, turn inward. So there's a lot of, um, when I used to run um, in my early 20s, I used to, 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 to be able to complete a run, but at the end of it, my knees would be quite inflamed and quite sore. Mm. Recovery would take longer. So my GP actually recommended that I try, if I was interested in continuing cardio, which obviously I was, mm. was to, to try something which is low impact. So, yeah, but, um, you know, I guess, Compared to last time, I've, I'm being a bit more careful and, you know, yeah. just about getting getting the right shoes and, you know, making sure you don't overdo it and don't um, don't go too hard too early. Um, so, yeah, I mean, knock on wood up until now, I've, I've been able to cope and manage and hopefully, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good, I think, um, physical activity, which, again, is, is, is so important, not just for your physical well-being, but for your mental well-being as well. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I definitely can feel the difference when I've, exercise versus when I haven't um, yeah in terms of your mood your mood your your sleep um, your energy um, so for sure as well as of course you know the, the physical benefits of um, making sure you have a consistent weight and and, and, yeah. and whatnot yeah now Nashi on on that mate are, are there any any sort of over-the-counter drugs that you'd recommend not not um, in a in a official sense, but for things to sort of you know um, 
for for athletes right to to sort of widen your blood vessel so you're getting more blood flow while you're training and then on the flip side of that anything that sort of helps reduce inflammation and then the third thing touching on all aspects of sport is any sort of over-the-counter you know medication that would actually help sleep and and help sort of you know detox and relax the muscles yeah um Okay, so a couple of things there. So there was about um, helping with, with blood flow. Um, yeah. Look, there's nothing re- really you can, uh, as far as I'm aware, get um, over the counter. There, there are natural, um, uh, might be some natural vitamins, um, but of course, you know, um, you really need to speak to probably a, a, a better pharmacist than me who's, um, you know, in that setting right now as to whether... Yeah they would be appropriate for you or not. And of course, with natural things, there's always the caveat of them potentially not working. But from yeah. a, if you're asking about whether there's an, a, a, you know, any sort of actual medication, um, none comes to mind. With respect to, to um, helping inflammation, it's just, um, just as much about employing um, some, some very basic interventions. So I'm not sure if you're aware of the, the RICE uh, method, so or um, which is uh, just an acronym for rest, ice, compression, elevation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, so if you do um, do any sort of strenuous physical activity, more often than not, it's about employing those techniques and actually using um, medication to help reduce inflammation. Of course, if you have injured yourself acutely um, and there is a lot of pain associated, you know, it's it's just about it as required um so taking you know all things considered if there's no um if you're not on any other medications that would prohibit you then you know taking anti-inflammatories so you can take something like volcarin or um, some neurofen you could take um, or you could use some some gels if you wanted a bit more good relief Um, again there are anti-inflammatory gels there are natural ones like ice gel which just have uh, menthol in them which provide relief but it's really those other interventions um which uh, you know provide the, the the best net result yeah um and um with respect to helping you sleep um yeah there are things that you can get over the counter and you can get um on prescription it just really depends uh, a really um, really good one to try out is, is something called melatonin. Um, so melatonin is a natural hormone which um, uh, is produced in the body, mm. but um, one that's important in helping to facilitate or regulate uh, what's called your circadian rhythms, which is basically your body's appreciation of when it's day and when it's night and when you're meant to yeah. rest and when you're meant to be awake. Um, so, you know, that's uh, additional melatonin has been found to be of um of help and you can get low dose melatonin over the counter but high dose ones you generally need a prescription for yeah you can get um and that's probably the one you know if someone came to me and needed some help of trying something to sleep the one i would go to in the first instance i'd Mm. recommend you can get sedating antihistamines um over the counter as well but they're generally only really reserved for, um, you know, for your sleeping episodes are quite bad or your insomnia mm. episodes, I should say, are quite bad and you need that immediate relief because, I mean, sleep is is all and getting um, uh, thorough sleep is um, is actually, it's, it's, it's a lot broader than just, um, I guess, um, uh, drug intervention. So there's actually something called your sleep hygiene 
mm. uh, which is a very important to get right. So that's the environment in which you, you sleep. So it's taking into consideration things like um, ensuring that you have a comfortable, quiet environment, which is, you know, not light filled and making sure you don't interact with technology too close to, to bedtime. Um, you know, pharmacists may recommend that, you know, you try to um, leave all of your electronic um, screens outside of the bedroom because if you, if you know, if you're someone and a lot of us are guilty of it, um, myself included, you know, perhaps, you know, working or sitting on your laptop in bed or watching TV mm -hmm. in your bedroom, the, the brain just thinks that you're in the living room and not yeah. in the bedroom and that you're, the, the, you're meant to, you want to stay awake and alert. And it's, it's about getting your sleep hygiene right. Um, and making sure you don't do things which, um, I guess mess with the balance of that. So, you know, they say that you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have coffee or you shouldn't have alcohol too close to bedtime. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, um, be at least in the half an hour or hour before you intend to sleep, yeah. be doing anything which requires your mind to be engaged. So, yeah. um, <laughs> eating or yeah, yeah <laughs> any, anything like that. So, yeah. Oh, exercise. So it's, it's, it's a whole, yeah. I mean, addressing insomnia is, is a lot more than just, um, popping a few pills, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, Chris asks you these types of questions all the time. All the time, all the time. I feel like it, yeah. it's um, just, um, his, uh, doctor on call or his pharmacist <laughs> on call, but that's fine. Look, it's, I'm more than happy to, to provide him with advice wherever I can, as long as it's beneficial. Oh, stop enabling his behavior, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, used, I, used, to, I used to do these, I used to do these podcasts with him um, in the early, early days. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was telling me about it. Yeah. He was telling me about it. How, how were they? Yeah, they were good, man. This was, uh, this was years ago. Um, it was good, but then just sort of, uh, we both got a bit busier with work. It sort of dropped off a little, um, but I just wanted yeah. to get, get yeah. back on board. And then um, he he mentioned that you wanted uh, to jump on, which I was like, yeah, I really wanted to know about about Siki and how how that was all going because that you know that sort of idea of of starting an app. It's not like it's it's one thing to have a good idea, but it's it's an whole other thing to put that good idea into practice and make it actually a tangible product, which, which you've done. And, um, you know, the sort of early, I guess, uh, adoption of it in, in the sort of marketplace is good, man. Like to have 500, um, I guess, was it 500 consultations you said, or was it 500? Yeah. Just over, just over, so about 530 consultations and just yeah. under, just on about 4,000 app users yeah. downloaded the app. Yep. Yeah, man. Like, you, you know, you, you're just running, you're running just under a hundred consultations a month um, so far. And that's, that's awesome. So mate, like um, excited to sort of see where it goes for you. And, and hopefully it's, um, it's something that is, uh, is used broadly because, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely an advocate of, of convenience, but also if I don't need to go to the GP or the pharmacist when I'm feeling a bit ill, um, mate, that, that to me is a, is a massive benefit. 
Yeah, look, um, yeah, very much uh, appreciate um, your sentiments there. That, that's for sure. I think, um, you know, uh, COVID or no COVID, uh, we're definitely here mm. to stay. And um, we feel that, um, you know, we do provide an alternative um, digital solution for, for people that, um, you know, want to still ensure that their health, um, that they can look after their health and, um, of course, but also... Um, uh, do that in a convenient, um, timely, risk-free and safe manner, which they can definitely do if they need to speak to a pharmacist and get a medical certificate through the likes of Sticky. Awesome. And we're excited about about our future growth moving forward. Yep. Awesome. Nashi, I'm not going to keep you too much longer, mate. Um, thanks so much for jumping on. I'll, um... 